At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite Lorecast on the Citadel. Welcome to the Mass Effect Lorecast, the podcast where we explore the vast universe of lore behind the Mass Effect games. We'll talk about all the details you may have missed, ask the hard questions, and more. Spectres, welcome back to the Mass Effect Lorecast. This is your host, Tom, or Robots, and I'm here, as usual, with my good buddy, and 7 Legend. and 7 welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I am very happy to be back, and we've got to uh we've got to talk about some some big changes some right, big changes show. i know you freaked everybody out on social media <laughs> yesterday when you're like hey everyone we've got some big news to tell you and everyone was like oh my god are you guys ending the show and we're like no 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 we're just changing the time uh so this is the second week in a row that we're now recording this on a monday and you and i uh were talking and we're like why don't we just do it always on monday and that's going to be the new thing now um, and we both have reasons why this works better for us. Uh, for me, it gives me kind of a full weekend, so I don't have to jam in recording podcasts on Sunday nights. And I know for you, you don't have to scramble home from work in order to hurry up and get a show ready and then record. Right, right. And and I first of all, I love the fact that everyone's first uh, conclusion that they jumped to was the worst possible thing. Well, that's that's I mean, I've, I've talked about this on the show before. I think um, it's one of those human psychology things like we're much more likely to expect the worst or the best. And reality usually need, doesn't give us give us either of those things. It's an evolutionary thing that our brains do. Um, but anyway, so yeah, no, we're not yeah, ending the show thing. And it's a survival thing because no, you, no, we're not going to, we're yeah. not ending the show over my cold dead corpse, um, <laughs> right. Floating through space. Uh, no, but yeah, but you know, I, I spoke a little bit about it on social media, but going full speed every Sunday from 6am to 2pm for my day job and then pivoting right into researching, uh, and writing for the show right up to showtime and then wrapping up in total around 8 30 or 9 p.m local for my time and doing that every sunday 
it, it was it's a long really day. rough. It's a yeah. long day. And, and so, and especially since Sundays are my Fridays, like I, I've always had a full week. Uh, I've already rather had a full week of work at that point. So this new format and this new schedule, more peaceful. Plus it can lead, I can lead my Monday streams like right into the show which yeah. is what I'm planning to do. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. And for me, it gives me, it kind of starts off my week. My Mondays now are like my Monday. It's the start of my work week. So I can, you know, I can be working during the day and this can be like the last part of my work day. So it works out well for me that way. Uh, plus you guys can tune in. It, this actually follows right after the Witcher lore cast. So if you're watching the Witcher lore cast and you want to tune into this right afterwards, you can do that. And it, it just kind of flows from one show right into the next. So it'll be butt up right against it. And we've got some other new changes coming to the show as well. This will be the first episode that we are doing of our new two shows every week format. We Our shows have been getting longer and longer. We're kind of stretching into about hour and a half episodes now. And often we kind of tackle these like dual topic episodes. So one of the other things we were, we were discussing is, you know, why don't we... Why don't we, instead of giving you guys really long episodes, why don't we just shorten the episodes back down to about 45 minutes, which is roughly where we started, and just deliver you two episodes each week? So with the new changes to recording on Monday nights, that means that if you are a patron, you'll be getting your patron episodes on Tuesdays, and the regular episodes will go up on Wednesdays because patrons get their episodes a day early, and then we will record both episodes on Monday. And so we'll stagger the second episode to go out later in the week. So I'm, I haven't quite figured it out yet. Maybe we'll put the second episode out on Friday or Saturday, maybe on the weekend. It's kind of, it's kind of a weird, do you release the episode on the weekend because not everybody listens at podcasts on the weekend or do you hold it to Monday or do you put it on Friday? So maybe we'll do, a Wednesday Friday release for the normal episodes and just kind of stagger it by two days, something like that. But in that in that case, you end up getting two episodes to look forward to every week. So it'll feel like more content, even though it's the same amount of time. But that way you kind of get staggered episodes. And I know not everybody's commute or workout is an hour and a half long, right? <laughs> like that would be a really long workout for an hour and a half, right? Like you're not going to lift weights for an hour and a half. That's a really long time in the gym. So um, it, it gives you, it's actually just a better listening, you know, setup based on stats on listening to podcasts. 45 minutes is really kind of the opportune amount of time to listen to a show. So that's that's the changes. And we hope you guys will enjoy it getting, you know, episodes more often during the week and that kind of thing. So that's what we're doing. So this week we're actually continuing kind of down the same path we were last week. So what are we talking about, Sam? Yeah, um, we're, we're talking about Andromeda. We're talking about more factions within Andromeda. And we are going to be talking about today a militaristic faction within the Angara culture. Uh, you know, the expressive, spiritual, purple, blue, maned people from Andromeda that we've already discussed. And although we're led to believe that the Angara are the Baba Yetu of alien species <laughs> you know, sit, sitting around the campfire singing Kumbaya, um, this doesn't really necessarily ring true for this faction, the Angaran resistance. Mm. Okay. So give us the rundown. Um, who are they? Like, what is the resistance? Why does it exist? And like, what is it they're actually resisting? 
Yeah. Well, in short, the cat. Um, we spoke on it in episode 20 or 21. I can't really remember which one. Um, but the cat are the Borg race from Mass Effect Andromeda, uh, in that invades the Heliac. Wait, wait, wait. So there, hold on. Whoa, 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 hold on. So if resistance is futile, then their resistance itself is also futile? They would probably think vive la resistance. (laughs) (laughs) That's what they would probably say. Uh, Um, But it is funny that you say that because that is the exact phrase that I actually uh, ascribed to the the cat back then in in the the 20th or 21st episode Mm -hmm. about, you know, resistance is futile. Right, because the Borg. Um, Right. But like they are the resistance to a group that would say resistance is futile. I just thought that was kind of... Perfect yin yang. Yeah. Yeah. They were written definitely to be to be that way um mm-hmm. and and you know the invasion of the cat into the helios cluster prompts the need for a resistance but you know before then the scourge this dark energy storm it sends the advanced angara society back into a pre-space flight dark age and if this sounds like you've already heard it before it's because you have because we did talk about this back then but just as a recap mm-hmm. um the angara bounce back they rediscover spaceflight but at that by this time they've already colonized different planets they have already um you know spread out amongst the stars and by by the time that they reconnect with the other colonies from which they've been disconnected they realize they've all changed religion politics yeah worldview you name it yeah absolutely that totally makes sense um and, and they no longer get along that well and so there are these divisions that exist deep within the Angara society and enter the Ket, who purposefully play different uh, beliefs of Angara society against each other. They play different elements of the Angara against each other. And when the Angara become most divided, the Ket choose then to invade and conquer. That sounds like absolutely. If you were on the side of the Ket, that sounds exactly like the playbook that you would use and human history shows that that is of course the playbook you use you know yeah. an, an invading force a uh, domineering force almost always if they can divide the group among themselves can then suppress them and conquer them and keep them divided um yeah and uh, I just keep that in mind when you're arguing with your neighbors about things that don't actually matter. And the people <laughs> who have all the power are lording over you. Just yeah. keep, keep that in mind. But anyway, in other words, it, in pizza terms, <laughs> it, if you look at a full pizza, it's a little daunting. Um, yeah. But if you cut it into slices, you'll be finished with the entire thing before you know it. And, yeah. uh, and yeah, you'll be you dissatisfied looking in the mirror. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which is why I set up my uh, treadmill in, underneath my desk again. <laughs> he's actually running right now. You can't tell this, but he's sprinting full speed. <laughs> um I digress. Uh, you know, the, the, the cat, they have been doing, um, they don't reproduce sexually like we've already talked about. They only do this through exaltation. <laughs> right. It's just uh, super weird, but yeah, yes. Yeah. Very religious uh, type of assimilation into the Borg. And they've been doing it so long uh, that they eventually just make a serum that can turn any other alien into a cat, which mm-hmm. is their form of reproduction. It's also a very cheap way to build a huge army. Uh, it's basically like, you know, army of the dead, the zombies, you know, that yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. 
Um, and, and so the Ket annihilates the Angaran military very early on, and they turn tons of Angara into their own troops. So what's left of the different armed forces of the Angara, the different un- underground resistance movements that do exist against the Ket, they're very fractured. And it stays that way. And they keep losing strength in, in these feudal guerrilla attacks for decades. Okay, so there's... Like any good story, something changes, right? So what changes here? Right. And then there's this one Angaran badass named Ephra de Tershav. <laughs> Rambo. <laughs> yes. There one Angaran Rambo uh, who unites the different resistance chapters under one banner, thus creating the Angaran resistance. Previously, it was just small chapters of resistance, you know, separated by basically not planning anything with them amongst each other. Mm -hmm. And um, this happens around four years before the player meets them in Mass Effect Andromeda. Mm, Okay, so this is this sounds a lot like a lot of other stories. Right. Yes. Like, this is King Arthur uniting the lands of Britannia or this is uh, Talos in the Elder Scrolls coming and uniting the lands of Tamriel finally under one emperor's banner or this is I mean this is I it's mean, this very is, similar to Elder Scrolls I think yeah I mean it is it is but I mean even historically this is like um, you know Rome uniting the you know the Mediterranean world under you know one group and obviously they weren't being assimilated into some zombie alien species you know but but they were still fighting against other groups outside of them, right? Um, or this is—I uh, uh, mean, the Chinese, right? This is the um, the Battle of or the um, the War of what was it? What was it called? The oh, it was what formed the original Chinese Empire. I forget the the, the dynasty, name, the dynasties of China, mm. all coming in underneath that one. Uh, whatever it was the, the names are escaping me, um, but. Almost every like this story happens time and time again, where you have some leader or some group that shows up and organizes a bunch of disbanded groups or individuals or whatever under one banner. And it's like, guys, I've got this brilliant idea. And for some reason, that person just has the thing that makes the difference and everybody follows them, you know, (laughs) right? People stronger together. Right. Yeah. If we all stop arguing and stop doing things differently and just figure this all out and work together and follow me. Mm, That's the operative thing. Right. Then we're all going to be. Yeah. We're all going to be real good and we can win, you know. Um, Yeah. And like this story gets told over and over and over again. So Um, but and there's power grabs, you know what I mean? Like not not always does that succeed. Not always yeah. does like often it remains and it's so such a bad reflection upon human history that, that sometimes those unification efforts do not succeed because of egos. Right. And sometimes that leader uh, quickly turns and burns that in, into the ground. You know, like, I mean, how many French revolutions were there or you know, like like those kinds of things. Right. Um, you know, or that kind of thing turns into uh, uh I don't know, uh, Germany in both world wars, you know, like that wasn't a unification. That was a, a attempt at, 
you know, domination over Europe. Um, but again, every you know, we've talked about this before. The story is told by the conquerors and the winners of the, of the story, you know, like was unification of city states in Greece unification or domination? You know, like which one is it? Right. And, and like to put this in perspective, this is like. So it would be hard enough to coordinate different people in different states like it was for the United States to fight the British Mm -hmm. in the 1700s. Sure. Uh, But imagine trying to coordinate different peoples who have been separated by literal light years between different planets for I don't know how long and their cultures have evolved and they're they're different although they're they're the same species but you're trying to coordinate fractured resistance movements among those different people on different planets and like and you don't have the communication infrastructure that you once had and yeah yeah another thing that i think is really interesting about this and this is one of those uh theories about evolution is that one of the reasons why humans we're not seeing uh significant jumps in evolution in the human genome is because we we aren't bottlenecked um we are a predominant species on the planet we are not uh lacking in the ability to share our gene pool and expand it we're not having to deal with situations where we are limited in genes and having to overcome those limitations right there's no fire under our ass right and none at all absolutely none at all um but if you were to take some humans and put us in a very limited situation, say, you know, whittle us down to a thousand or a few hundred people and put them, say, on a starship or on a colony somewhere. That specific group of people would be a very limited gene pool. And and on top of that, they would have to survive in a very specific kind of situation under very specific circumstances, limited amount of oxygen, limited amount of like a type of environments, limited also resources, all of those types of things would would occur. And this is exactly what the Angarans are going through here. They have colonies on these different planets under very specific situations, and they've been whittled away. And in some of the situations, I bet their populations are very, very limited. And oh, yeah. and you have a very, very who knows how much time has gone by for them to re uh, advance technologically for space travel. So probably generations. I wouldn't I would be very surprised if some of those groups of Angarans haven't evolved in some distinct ways from each other. Not right, to the point where they make. Go ahead. It could, it could make some some populations of a of a garn resistance on some planets highly skilled against the cat in certain ways, sure. but very sorely lacking in others. Right, and and not to the point where they couldn't like procreate, or to the point where they're like no longer in garns, but they may physically look very different from each other. So. Uh, some of those locations might have very different amounts of gravity or very different amounts of oxygen or different food sources or whatever. Their skins might change. Their heights might be very different. Their muscle mass might be very different. Their ability, their eyesights, their their basic senses might change. Their hearing might be very different. Um, the language, of course. The language would be very, very That would different. be the first thing to change. Uh, yeah. Uh, the, their culture, their customs, all of those things. But even physically how their bodies function, their brains, their their um, ability to problem solve, their intellect, 
all of these things could be very distinctly different among each of these groups over time so that each of them would be leaning on the things that they think make them distinct and different and better than the other groups. So that would lead to strife across each of these groups. Well, we're the smart ones, so we should be the ones leading the the fight against the cat. But we're the ones who are the toughest because we've had to survive on this planet. That's like the ones the Krogan, you know, survived on. Like we're the ones with the, you know, tough outer shell, you know, and the ones that can right. have to deal with like the, the, you know, crazy gravity. And we, you know, and obviously that's not this is not core to, you know, actual in the game. But the concept of like we would be the ones that would be you know the, we're the tough badass ones who have evolved to be able to have to you know deal with these kinds of things we should be leading it because we're the toughest you know like all of these things make sense in a in a real world kind of situation because theoretically that's what would have happened like if human beings were in this kind of situation and real world evolution was at play this that's exactly what you would see is that you would if you took humans from each of these situations and lined us all up in a room we would all look very different and some of them wouldn't even be able to stand up in earth's gravity anymore or even breathe oxygen on our planet maybe let alone bureaucratic organization you know what i mean you get humans in the same like you can put humans in the same geographical like 10 square mile distance and the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing and yeah. let alone right. separating humans by light years. Right. I mean, just look at look at the political distance within our own country. You right. know, the left and the right often don't even use the same words to mean the same things anymore. And we're living in the same country. Imagine people who live light years from each other and haven't talked in generations. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Do those words even mean anything at all that similar? You know, like, yeah. So I can imagine that the getting back to the point the burden on the shoulders of the individual who would actually be capable of getting all of these groups back together and uniting them must be monumental and props to that person <laughs> right this this takes a lot Evra, uh, how do you pronounce their name Evra, Evra. de Tershav must be a freaking genius to be able to do this or just has uh, considerable uh, intestinal fortitude. <laughs> right. Right. So anyway, yeah. that's that's my little my little rant about how this situation is is really, really freaking cool. Like when you actually get down to the nitty gritty about like like the details of what this would have been actually like on the ground, like really, really cool. Yeah. And also a testament to how hardy the Angara are that they weren't just wiped out completely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, I think if we get more content around this kind of stuff or we get more content, you know, with Mass Effect 5 and and like evolutionary stuff, I think that this would Mm. be really cool to dig into some of these kinds of things, like not not just seeing like more Turians or more whoever, but seeing variations on them based on like situational evolution. Yeah, I think it would be really, like, really cool. This Angara has massive gills. And <laughs> yeah, this right. One's, this one's mane is emaciated. <laughs> so, yeah, because uh, I think they would be all very different depending on where they live, because that that's just kind of how it would work. Um, but anyway, I want to I want to learn more about this guy. But we need to take a mid break and thank our patrons. And 
good news because we're dividing up these mid breaks on two separate episodes. These are going to be even shorter, so we won't be very long and we'll be right back to talk about more about the resistance. So hang on. I am so excited about our sponsor this week, Marvel Strike Force. I freaking love Marvel Comics. Growing up, I collected comics and the trading cards, and I've seen pretty much every Marvel movie they've made so far. So if you're into Marvel like I am, go check out Marvel Strike Force. This is a mobile squad RPG. You can collect and unlock all the different heroes. You fight against supervillains. There's a campaign. There's a blitz mode. There's an arena. There's a constantly evolving meta. And right now they're celebrating the Deadpool anniversary event. This is a mission from Strike where you log in the first time and you unlock this generous gift containing character shards, a anniversary diamond orb gear a bunch of other items it is absolutely the right time to jump in and try this game out click the link in the show notes to download it now and then use the promo code maxpool m-a-x-p-o-o-l maxpool don't miss out on all the free stuff and thanks again to marvel strike force for sponsoring this episode at parker our purpose is simple we want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently by using more sustainable practices by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Message coming in. Patching it through. I am sovereign, and this station is mine. I like the sound of that. All right, so here we are in the middle of the show, and on this one, we won't be reading any reviews. We're only going to be talking to our new patrons and thanking them for signing up. And this week, we had a, uh, a new sign-up by Mary H. Thank you for joining our Patreon. And that means that we're up to 45, yes, 45 patrons. And a big shout-out to Hool the Fool, Apollo, and Pipe Man for being our Shepherd Tier 5 patrons. Thank, thank you to all of you guys. And a reminder that since we are doing these on Mondays now, we're shooting to also do our patron episodes on Mondays. But... Uh, please let us know. We, we want to make sure that this is 100% okay with with our patrons, our tier four plus patrons. So um, if any of you guys think that this is like a total deal killer, if this really upsets a lot of you guys that we're not doing it Sunday nights instead of Monday nights, let us know. We're still flexible. We can always adjust. But if we can keep all the episodes on Mondays, that'd be awesome. But please let us know what you think. Otherwise, we'll keep these on on Monday nights just like just like usual, which means that next week on the 28th, 
is our patron episode 9 p.m east or i'm sorry 10 30 p.m eastern 7 30 p.m pacific and uh we look forward to chatting with all of you guys and just a big hey if you want to help support our show and get some cool stuff like ad free episodes and t-shirts and joining us on future episodes of the show and if we've done anything to help you get through your work day or your drive to work or your workout or eating way too much pizza and feeling like you need to install a treadmill underneath your desk so that you can walk while you're working and playing video games then go to patreon.com slash mass effect lorecast and check out all the different tiers uh, but that's what we got for our patrons this week thank you guys you guys really do make this possible so thank you to each and every one of you guys all right let's move on with the rest of the show Spit it out, or are you trying to build suspense? You're so dense, sir. Obviously, I do not know as much about human relationships as I thought. All right, so let's talk about this this badass. This badass. <laughs> yes, let's. Let's. Uh, so, uh, like I said, Ephra unites the Splinter factions, and he already has a reputation from having led this really high profile raid on a cat slave labor camp and freeing a bunch of angora so he becomes a hometown hero so to speak mm -hmm. um so effort sees for presumably decades because the cat invasion happened in 27 i forget the year exactly but it was decades before uh the uh, player arrives in andromeda but for decades Ephra sees how hopeless fighting the cat is with these small, withering, separated resistance groups, right? Probably sees Angara dropping left and right on different planets and just sees, you know, this could have been avoided if we coordinated with this group, diverted these resources here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. He sees, the sees it picture. from a macro. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he sees these groups just failing withering on the vine and it's because they're separated it's because they're acting alone and he takes it upon himself to get all the local leaders together and get them all in line which by itself sounds like a monumental task yeah yeah that sounds huge like <laughs> i can't even imagine how hard it would be to get like five people <laughs> on right, the same page right. when they've been used to running the show by themselves yeah like he bribed them all with pizza that's probably what happened that's probably what it was pizza and beer that, that usually works yeah. he's like okay guys listen i need you to come over i've got this really <laughs> great uh multi-level marketing scheme that i need <laughs> to talk to you all about that's, that's what it was that's what it was yeah no that's not that's not the hook that's what you hit him with after you get him there right right you can you can make a lot of money selling these fruit juices uh all you need to do is give me your money first have you ever considered plastic bowls that fit inside each other and have covers that keep your food fresh the one thing your soldiers need to defeat the cat <laughs> is more energy drinks <laughs> yeah um no they they, they get them all together and, and they you know he, he he forces them in line um but b by the way this angaran military uh or this angaran resistance becomes the angara military it's a stand-in because the angaran military was completely destroyed during the early parts of the ket offensive so they've had so no military it. so this is like i i mean that's probably a good reason to bring everyone together i, I mean a good pitch right like right hey guys 
we don't have any defense against anything. Maybe we should talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. People stronger together. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Again, really advanced concept. Um, right. Yeah. Apparently, it is nowadays. Anyway, uh, but and the resistance is really organized. It's only organized under one banner. Shortly before the Nexus arrives, we don't really understand the exact timeline there, and but we do see the evidence that it has only recently took shape because it still doesn't look that capable of a fighting force when we run into them in Andromeda, mm -hmm. Andromeda being the game, Andromeda. Right. Um, right. In fact, we don't have a good idea of a lot of things about the uh, Angaran resistance. There's so much we don't know. Um, part of that is, in my opinion, breaking the fourth wall. Part of, part of that is probably because this storyline did not get to get fleshed out over three games like the original trilogy did. Right. Yeah, it'd be like doing an episode on you know, the original trilogy and only having the first game. Right, right. And we, we just don't know that much. Um, and what we do know, we can gather from dialogue, but there are very limited external opportunities like terminal entries. You know what I mean? Like uh, secondary notes and things you might find. They exist. Don't get me wrong. They exist. But like, for example, we, we don't have a good idea of what the total Angaran resistance's strength is. But we know without the help from the Andromeda Initiative, a.k.a. the Milky Way species that are there, without their help, they are going to lose that fight against the cat. It, it, that's what it seems like. It does yeah. not seem like they don't they they could do on their own gotcha um so a lot a lot we don't know a lot we don't know about the resistance uh we also don't know you know for example we don't know what ranking structure there is we we see clearly that there is definitely a hierarchy where ephra is at the top and it seems that there are local commanders but beyond that we don't understand what the hierarchy is like we don't understand if it's if they even have like a specters branch you know what I mean? Right. We don't get that. Um, we don't know if their soldiers are paid. Yeah. Right. As far as I know, we don't know. Or they're just conscripted and just like sent off to die. Could very well be conscripted because yeah. in dire straits like they're in, that would make sense. Right. Um, not sure it would make sense with the governmental structure that the Angara have. Um, but we, for example, we also don't understand what kind of combined arms the Angara might have. We understand that they're the angara have this photo electric ability within their skin that in theory might allow them to use biotics but we don't see that kind of thing hmm. so when it comes to different types of troops i don't know if there would be a, a a wider variety than what we see with milky way species um and we also don't understand whether like to what extent does the Angara resistance have a policy making authority? I've, you know, we've seen different things in different video games where and in where de facto military during times of strife is often given legislative ability. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't yeah. I don't know if that's the case for the Angaran resistance. Right. So it's all it's all just kind of cloudy. 
Yes. Um, and and the, the, we do know the Angara still do have like a form of government and that they are kind of huge proponents of, of a kind of form of democracy, I guess, um, uh, an exhaustive debate form of democracy. Uh, <laughs> but we like I said, we, we, we don't know a lot and we do know that their recruiting efforts are failing. We know that they're not attracting a lot of people. Uh, according to a status report sent to the resistance uh, headquarters on Aya, their recruiting efforts are abysmal in places like Kadara. Uh, yeah, I'm going to read a excerpt from a terminal entry that, that we can find, which is a status report sent to HQ. Quote, things are as bad as we thought. The deserters don't care about anyone but themselves. So right away, we are keyed in that there are deserters. There are people with low morale, morale low enough that they're like, fuck this, I'm out. Yeah. Um, right away, we're, key, we're keyed into that. Recruitment efforts have found zero traction. Ironically, we've had better luck gaining support from the new aliens. A small group pledged to support the resistance and alert us to future cat activities on Kadara. It seems unlikely the enemy would give up on the planet so easily, but maybe the presence of these new aliens has confused them. <laughs> Regardless, I recommend that we abandon recruitment's efforts and instead focus on infiltration of the local population using deep cover agents. I will submit a list of candidates in my next report. Rask. Uh, so, yeah. It's recruiting is going so bad there. What they're really talking about is revamping their recruiting office into a like a field agent spy office. Yeah, they're like, okay, screw that. Let's just use this for something else. Let's just, yeah, exactly. This is a waste of time and resources. Um, and I'd like to focus on the new aliens part of that. They say new aliens twice, and it says ironically, ironically, we have had better luck gaining support from the new aliens. And then it also says, but maybe the presence of these new aliens has confused the cat. I'd like to focus on that because it appears again with a little digging around the headquarters. Uh -huh. And after a little digging, you can find a letter addressed to Ephra calling him commander to uh, Deter Shav. And it's from an Angara named Valer who questions the quote unquote new aliens and Ephra's granting them access. So Valer prefaces this letter with saying there's no one questions your thinking and we all understand that the circumstances we're facing are unprecedented but <laughs> but however you should know that the people are talking in the barracks about these new quote nexus aliens so there's already some some chatter going on and some some you know questionable morale uh, back to the letter, setting aside how they look, smell, and behave, how can we be expected to trust these things with access to our most secure world? <laughs> smell. <laughs> I love yeah, that. I love the smell part. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, like you meet something new, especially from another galaxy, and who knows what the thing even smells like. <laughs> like it also keys us into their priorities. That yeah. smell is a very important thing. <laughs> right. Right. Uh yeah, like they smell like lies and deceit. Yeah. They, they smell like just, uh, they smell like garlic. <laughs> you smell like a liar. Um <laughs> but Baller goes on to say the Pathfinder should not be given access to the city without a personal escort. 
And this distrust of aliens makes sense, right? Like, like we're already seeing this in the Angaran resistance, the official Angaran resistance. Mm -hmm. And this distrust of aliens makes sense because the only other sentient race the Angara have been exposed to that we know of has been the cat. And look what happened. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They've look got how that went. <laughs> they've got a. Um, oh, what's the uh, what's the phrase? They've got a test of one, a uh, sample size of one. Yeah. And the sample size exactly. came back like super negative. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Would not recommend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I tried. Yeah. I tried the alien dish once and I was not impressed. No. Now these new guys, they smell like hell. And I'm not, I'm not a fan. <laughs> yeah. Um, they all look weird. Yeah. Big they heads. say they came from a different galaxy. They got what big heads. That one lady, her eyes are like this. I'm hoping <laughs> my eyes are really large. Really large. I'm not even sure the other new aliens like her. <laughs> I question how she rose to such prominence. <laughs> she is That's not the other a thing I, noticed. I cannot get a read. That's the other thing I noticed. Um, Ryder, is it Sarah? Sarah Ryder? Yeah, her eyes yeah, are nuts. Her, her eyes are always like a little too wide. Have you noticed that? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's so weird. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I can't believe I remembered but, her name. I'm so bad at names. Anyway. Yeah, Sarah Ryder. Yeah, that, Sarah. That was, that's yeah, yeah. the default name. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm so bad at names. And, anyway, go on. And so, yeah, this distrust of humans and Milky Way aliens is pervasive even in the official resistance, even among those who are quote unquote friendly mm -hmm. or eventually friendly. And even with Ephra, it feels like the player is constantly disappointing him. A, a good example of this is during the final uh, showdown between uh, the player and Jal and Jal is a squad mate, but the player Jal and the bad guy of the faction we will talk about in the next episode. Mm -hmm. During that part, it actually kind of is impossible to please Ephra because no matter what you do, he's not happy. And I'm not going to spoil anything <laughs> too bad there. I'll uh -huh. let players you know, go and, and do what they think is right, but don't, don't act because you want to do what makes Afra happy. I will say that that's not, that's not going to happen. <laughs> he's, he's gruff. Okay. He's not going to like that no matter what you do. Maybe this um, is how he came to power. <laughs> I'm thinking it is maybe he's got that strong man, you know, facade. Yeah. Everyone's like, oh, I just, under. I'm just not doing enough. I need to work harder. <laughs> I mean, that's funny, too, considering that their culture places such high, high emphasis on spirituality and compassion. And it, it turns out, well, you know, not 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 all the aliens are. It turns out aliens are not immune to hypocrisy. Yeah. Um, and so I mentioned that there is this, you know, distrust of human, even in the resistance. Well, to compare that, there's a faction within the resistance who distrusts outsiders even more. Okay. Who dis who dislikes humans even more, who dislikes the initiative much more. And this faction is not afraid to do something about it. And so this, this faction, I, I can't wait to talk about, but that we're going to save that for the next episode. That'll be the second episode this week, which we, if you are watching live are about to do in just another minute. So, Hang on, live watchers. We'll be back in just a moment. Uh, Sam, this is awesome, as usual. Do, is there anything you want to share before we head out? 
Uh, yeah, well, I am, uh, I'm streaming every, uh, let's see, I'm changing my schedule around, but it is still every Saturday, Sassy Chef Saturdays, Mondays, Miscellaneous Mondays, and now I'm doing Throwback Thursdays. Nice. Uh, so streaming three times a week, it is almost uniformly going to be from 6 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, that's on Twitch at N7 The Legend. Cool, cool stuff. And um, so, like I mentioned before, this is on Monday nights now. Before this is the Witcher Lorecast on all of the robots radio channels. We've got shows almost every night of the week. We either we're doing podcasts or like Tuesday nights is uh, Skyrim with my mom. Most shows start around 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Uh, Wednesday nights is usually my uh, New Vegas Fallout New Vegas playthrough where I'm doing 10 luck and throwing a bunch of dynamite at everybody um and then a bunch of other stuff uh and then i might have some random streams during the day even while i'm just kind of walking on my treadmill working on stuff or playing games or whatever so um come hang out with me for that stuff and also we're trying to get the mass effect Lorecast youtube channel up to a thousand um subscribers and of course subscribing on youtube is free because youtube one, they put out a notification that they're just going to put ads up on everything, whether you are up to the thousand subs limit to actually choose to run ads or not and actually get paid for it. So they're going to put them up there no matter what. Um, but we don't actually see a cut of the ad revenue until we get to a thousand subscribers. So if you guys want to help us out to see some of that ad revenue, please go to the Mass Effect Lorecast YouTube channel and just drop us a sub. Plus, you can enjoy the episodes there and see our faces if you can't join us for the live show. So just and last over. I checked. Yeah, we were, we're at, at like, like 300 something. We're at like 400 something now. So we're almost halfway there. So if everybody, if every single one of you who listens to the show were to do it, we'd be there in like no time. Um, but it would only really take a, a small percentage of our audience to just go over and just drop us a sub and we could get there. And then we'd make a little bit off of the ad revenue and we would actually be even able to control the ads. So we'd even be able to make sure that like you get the ads that you can like skip and do that kind of stuff and it'd be less annoying. So um, that would be very helpful and it'd help, uh, you know, just give us a little bit of extra funding, which would be very appreciated. So thank you to everybody who's listening and um, look forward. I hope you guys look forward to the second episode this week if you are listening and we'll be right back in a minute if you're on the live show. So thanks for tuning in. Uh, stay tuned for the next episode. See you guys. Thanks for tuning in to the Mass Effect Lorecast. We'd love to hear your opinion and thoughts on the lore of Mass Effect. Reach out to us on Twitter at Mass Effect Cast or check out the Robots Radio Discord. Also, you can send us an email at MassEffectLorecast at gmail.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. 
At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.